Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. Hey, Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 208, brought to you by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Um, kind of a quick podcast today. We are minus two. Uh, Matt Barry, uh, is, is, it's, it's the holidays, so uh, he's out shopping and getting ready for the big day on Friday. And Heather, uh, the, our other co-host, is not feeling good today, so um, we just kind of... Let uh, those two do their thing, but the show must go on. But I thought this would be a good opportunity to bring on a very special guest. But before we get to this gentleman, I do want to talk about show sponsor BetOnline.ag. NFL football continues this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline.ag. No matter how schedules change or players that play, BetOnline.ag is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. Head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great mid-season bonuses, offers, and contests. And please don't forget to use promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. So as I said to begin that whole spiel, we do have a very special guest on today. His name is John Duncan. He's a new colleague at the uh, Black and Gold Productions uh, Sports Media Company. And he's going to be taking on over uh, the the whole YouTube uh, thing. So we are doing YouTube uh, for the podcast here at, at Black and Gold Pod. But John's going to be taking over uh, that side of our production um uh, area so and he's a good podcaster i've i've uh, watched uh, several hours of him and and live streams and so on but regardless of all that um welcome to the team john duncan thank you so much for having me um i'm really really happy to get started and to be here and uh super excited to get everything started on youtube i've been doing youtube for a while that kind of 
with my own thing, but now doing a, a Bruins show and having a, a Bruins focused channel is going to be really, really fun. And I cannot wait to really get into it and, and start producing some great content. Yeah. And if you're on Twitter, please follow John. His main account is uh, at off the wall hawk. It's supposed to be hockey at the end, but we, we dropped the, uh, the, the K-E-Y because uh, out of characters, right? Yeah, ran out of room there, so it's just off the wall hawk on Twitter. And you can also follow him and, and subscribe to his awesome, awesome YouTube channel, Off the Wall Hockey, like I said, on YouTube.com. There is some big news today. The NHL is coming back. Uh, it's, it's officially coming back on the 13th. Yeah. Um, uh, Real quick, let's get your thoughts. Are you excited? Oh, I'm absolutely stoked. So, so happy. I was starting to get worried. They really kind of pushed this all the way down to the 11th hour, trying to get all of this stuff figured out and all the protocols and all the stuff that they had to go through. But um, see, it's official now. They It's voted on and agreed to. And I thought it was going to get pushed later into January. But to have them coming back on the 13th, which was that, you know, target date that we've heard for the last few weeks. I am so excited and cannot wait to see the puck get dropped. Absolutely. Um, we are going to talk about, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm nervous, but um, it is, it is official. We're going to have a 56 game season, but um, we're not going to talk about that today. More or less. I, what I want to do is I want to bring John on to talk about his endeavor with BNG as a new colleague here at the, at the company. And uh, so we're going to gather our information over the week Try to get everything dialed in. And then next week when we get the trio back, when uh, Heather and Matt join me, um, we'll, we'll talk about um, what's going to be going on forward, the schedule. And so, and hopefully the schedule is released by then. So um, it should be all set to go. But I really wanted to talk about this, this new project that we're doing. Uh, so let's start off with a couple of questions. Uh, John, you got to go into uh, the, 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 your, your Bruins fan tenure. Uh, how did you become a fan, and, and what brought you to become uh, a YouTuber? Oh, yeah, I've, I've always been a Bruins fan, born and raised in southeastern Massachusetts, and uh, I, I was born into it. Um, my dad is a huge hockey fan. My, his father, my grandfather's a huge hockey fan. So, um, you know, my, my family's just been Bruins fans forever, and uh, ever since I knew what sports were and was old enough to understand hockey, I was watching it, I was playing it, and... Uh, I've been a Bruins fan my whole life, and the whole YouTube thing started uh, my senior year of college. Uh, it was 2017, and uh, I had I had just been on YouTube over the course of that summer. I had seen some other guys on there, some other uh, channels, and and just thought that, that was really cool. How you know you think of sports media, and you think about the guys on TV and the guys at 98.5, and and everyone on the radio and you think of these like corporate positions, but then there's this whole other side of it where it's just people at home and people who, who don't have those full-time paid jobs, but they get to put their voices out there and they get to, you know, get their opinions out there through the internet. And I just really started doing it, um, in 2017 and it was slow to start. I, and then, I would say over the past year, year and a half, I've really focused on it. And um, my channel, Off the Wall Hockey, has grown a lot. And I cover the whole NHL on that channel. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun to do. And I, I keep, you know, keep trying to keep things growing and, and want to keep, uh, keep doing this as much as I can. Yeah, 3,000 uh, subscribers. Is that correct on the uh, Off the Wall Hockey po- um, yeah, um, YouTube? Yeah, 
Yeah, we went over 3,000 during the playoffs this past summer. That's awesome. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. And you do live streams, too. So uh, this is something that uh, I, I enjoyed the past couple of weeks, especially the Providence game uh, yesterday, NCAA. Uh, mm-hmm. Who did they play? I keep forgetting who they played. Northeastern. That's right, Northeastern. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. You get a lot of um, interaction on the live chat, a lot of good people in there asking some really good questions. Uh, definitely definitely go to the YouTube channel, Off the Wall Hockey, and subscribe and um, give him a thumbs up. Like he always says it helps, and it does. It's the algorithm, right? Yeah, it's the way the algorithm works. If, if you get engagement on your videos, then YouTube's going to show it to a whole whole lot more people and a whole new audience and that's how the channel really grows and you start to see things blow up and, and get a whole new audience each and every week that more and more people watching uh speaking of the youtube channel so on the on the, on the bng production side um yes. let's talk about that where can we follow the uh the 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 podcast the uh youtube account on twitter and where can we follow on youtube itself yeah, uh, Black and Gold Weekly. It's the show that I'm, I'm starting up here with uh, Black and Gold Productions. On YouTube, it's just Black and Gold Weekly. Um, we've got about 40 subscribers right now and haven't even dropped the first show yet. So obviously uh, hoping that that number continues to rise as uh, we get into doing these shows and getting them out there each and every week. And on Twitter, it is at BNG Weekly. Um, obviously Twitter handles shorter, easier just to do BNG, but, um, been pretty active on Twitter as much as I can be with that as well. So, um, we're, we're really kind of ramping up here, um, getting ready to get the first show off the ground and, um, you know, build, build a little bit of an audience before we drop the first show. And then once that first show goes, I think we're, uh, we're going to be looking at some people that are really, really happy that we got this underway. Absolutely. Very excited for it. And um, what's the mission of the show? Uh, I know we talked about it, but I want to get uh, the listeners and potential uh, future subscribers and and, um, and viewers uh, an idea of wh- what you're going to ca- uh, cover. Are you going to have guests? How long the program is going to be? Uh, just fill us in with some, uh, some, some stuff like that. Yeah, um, my, my idea for the show right now is um, to be like a once a week, just biggest Bruins topics of that week, whatever, you know, the, the biggest Bruins news, uh, opinions, how they're playing, you know, certain players, prospects playing well, things like that, all strictly Boston Bruins focused um, and, and just bring that each and every week. And I do, would, uh, I do plan on having guests on as much as possible. I don't currently have anyone, I think, the full-time co-host with me, but I'm going to try and have at least one guest on for as many shows as I possibly can. I've already got a couple buddies of mine that I know who have, uh, are very good at, at, at uh, doing this kind of stuff, and they uh, follow the Bruins very closely as, just as much as I do. So um, I'm thinking about having them on as, at the beginning, and I'm trying to expand the guest pool as we get into more and more episodes of the show as well. And um, it's supposed to. It's just supposed to be a fun show. I'm aiming for somewhere between an hour to an hour and a half um, each and every week, and just a fun show covering you know everything that Bruins fans are going to be looking for each week, and something that um, they're going to want to come back and listen to over and over. And you know, once they hear one episode, they're going to hopefully go, "All right, I want to listen to this next week," and we'll have a whole new range of topics to talk about and. It's uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun, um, just an enjoyable show to listen to. 
Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Um, thoughts on the, uh, the upcoming brewing season? I mean, uh, and uh, um, how far you think you can go with the rest and so on? It's just, just some, uh, some Bruins talk, just to fill in a couple more minutes. Yeah, um, I, I, it's so hard to gauge where the Bruins are at right now. This is a team that uh, at the beginning of the offseason, I was kind of down on. I was, I was like, oh, they lost Krug. They're in trouble. This, team, this team's making me kind of ticked off. And the more I've thought about it, the more as the offseason's gone on, I really like the Craig Smith edition. I think that will help their, their kind of middle six scoring, which desperately needed a boost. He's going to help there a lot. They got DeBrusque re-signed to a, a very good contract for what he brings. Hopefully he has a better season this year than what he did last year. Uh, I'm still a little concerned. They're relying heavily on some young guys on defense now. We don't know what's going to happen with Chara, but even at this point, Chara is kind of a seventh defenseman at this point with his lack of foot speed. And, and he, you, just with his age, the decline in his game is so noticeable at this point. Uh, I am worried about the def- about the defense, but with you got McAvoy, Carlo, and and Grizzlick, who are going to be playing you know top four roles all the time and really running this back end now for this team, um, it, it's going to be interesting. I certainly think that they should be a playoff team again. Having Pasternak and Marchand injured to start the season, um, I think you know how much time they miss is going to play a big role, especially in a shortened year where you don't have the games at the end to make up. You know, when there's only 56 games, if you have a if you have a bad couple of weeks, that sets you in a hole that's hard to dig out of because you don't have nearly as much time to make up those lost points. But if they can get Marchand and, and Pashnak back in a fairly timely fashion, if they can hold their own while those two are out, and if those young guys can step up on D, I think you're going to see Boston be, you know, certainly a playoff team this year. It, it's tough to call them. You know, I wouldn't call them one of the favorites. I don't think they're going to be a President's Trophy team like they were last season. I think losing Krug on that back end, especially on the power play and just the overall point production from your defense that you lost when he left um, is going to be hard to overcome. But I don't think you're going to see them drop too drastically like down to where they're playing, you know, like Buffalo or anything like that. Yeah, two things to uh, dovetail on that. Uh, and, and very well said, by the way, John. We're talking to John Duncan. He is the uh, YouTuber for Off the Wall Hockey and our new uh, BNG Weekly um, uh, YouTube part of the company. We're moving, we're expanding, we're going all kinds of digital content wherever you can get it. Um, but um, you you did say the time missed by uh, by especially Pasternak on the right side. Mm-hmm. This is one of the reasons why I think the Craig Smith edition was really really valuable. I'm not saying it it, it is the reason why they got him because nobody can predict an injury, but uh, his possession skills and his game and and the way he pots uh, 20 goals per season around there, I think is going to be valuable in the lineup with uh, a Pasternak that could be out at least a month. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can go up and down to the second line, and so on. Flip flop with Kasha and and wherever you want to put like Stadnik, if you want to get if he if he actually wins the spot, uh, you could throw him in on the right side too. Uh, defense is going to be uh, interesting, just for the fact is that it's going to be the first year without Krug, so it's going to be an adjustment process for mm-hmm. both uh, McAvoy and Grizzlick, who are going to see a lot more of the power play one, power play two kind of scenario, and it's so hard to replace those points. But I think it's going to take a whole year for those two types of players 
to get adjusted to that role that they're going to be, the increased role that they're going to be given. Uh, and, but I think their potent production will definitely get better uh, years two uh, and three down the road. Uh, so a lot of good valuable points, a lot of good things to think about. The left side of the defense still worries me a little bit. I'm not on board with the whole Hannafin trade. And just because of reading what I was uh, you know, talking about, and like listening to people at like Top Shelf Hockey, another fantastic uh, YouTuber out there that mm-hmm. everybody should really subscribe to because that guy does the grind and does his work. But uh, if they do go after Hannafin, then when, then when Seattle comes around, you're going to have to expose a, um, a defenseman. And that could be McAvoy or Grizzlick. And you don't want to lose those two. So it's I don't see the Hannafin trade happening. I think we're going to be going with what we have right now. And I'm, I'm totally not on board with the whole... Uh, Hoffman thing. Uh, that's just a trade that doesn't make sense to me at all. So, just by, by a cap space, um, you know, scenario, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, I don't think it's going to take three four when the Bruins have three six. Uh, they want a little bit of wiggle room, wiggle room, just in case like Chara comes back and so on. But uh, I'm not a Chara guy, and I'm ready to go for the. I'm full on board with the youth movement, so I'm I I'm not. I mean, I'm on the fence with Chow. I'm not saying I hate him, his return, or hate his, his you know, his his departure. But I'm just ready for the youth. So, um, thoughts on uh, things moving forward? Yeah, um, I, I'm not in on Mike Hoffman at this point either. Um, I just, I, I don't see the point in that. I don't see in tying up that kind of cap space in a guy who, who is only going to be here for one year if you do get him. And you know, once. Uh, Pasternak and Marchand do come back you're already bumping him down the lineup and it's just I'd rather have the cap space and that kind of flexibility and the Noah Hannafin thing um, that that always got me because I I have not liked what I've seen from Noah Hannafin at the at the NHL level like that makes no sense to me because there's a reason that Carolina got rid of him. And now there's a reason that Calgary's thinking about getting rid of him. Like this guy has not put up numbers. He hasn't played well defensively. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not big on the Hannafin thing. I like the idea of just at least to start the season, go in with what you have, see what the team looks like. And we've got, you know, guys like Connor Clifton, if he can stay healthy, he's shown that he can play a solid bottom pair role and Jeremy Lausanne really came on last year and showed that he can be a bottom pair guy at the NHL level as well. So uh, it's it's not like we're starving for defense. Grizzlick's going to have to step up. This is going to be a huge year for Matt Grizzlick to really kind of – he's never going to completely replace the points of Tory Krug, but he's going to have to step into a more offensive role and put up some more offense than what we've seen from him. And he's certainly going to be given the opportunity because he's probably going to pay, play on the top pair. And, you know, he's been a guy who's been kind of buried on that third pair for the last few years behind uh, uh, Krug and Chara on that left side. So it's a big year for Grizzly. I'd like to see them kind of just go in with what they've got and see what it looks like. And if you have to make a trade, um, you know, a few weeks, a month into the season, you can start, you know, calling other GMs and you can get on the phone and see if you can put something together. Yeah. And even if they don't bring back Chara and they still kind of stay away from Hoffman and they keep it that $3.6 million, that's not a bad little wiggle room, as you said, moving into the trade deadline. Uh, I don't have the dates right now, but we'll get all that information on the next show on uh, episode 209 when we get the trio back together. Um, but when you, got, when you talk about Grizzlick, I like his uh, mobility. 
I like the way he can move and, and quarterback uh, the puck, and, and he, he's solid on the half wall, too, when he gets the opportunity to be on the man advantage. But uh, he, he, you're not going to – you're right. You're absolutely right. You're not going to replace anything that uh, Tory Crew did with the 60 or 70 points. It's going to be such a huge adjustment, like I said earlier. But, um, yeah, it's going to be big for him moving forward. A uh, huge, huge step up in the uh, in the whole scheme of things. And, and uh, it's going to be a young defense that's going to make mistakes. But I, I really think that the offense and what Bruce Cassidy needs to do with his coaching staff to get more productive, get more production out of your offense, get more shots on that, quality shots, less passing. This isn't hooshes mm-hmm. when you have to pass the puck 11 <laughs> times and, and yeah. take a shot. Um you just got to fire it on that and do it often. And that front presence is going to be big. The more you can get all of those three things that I put together, that I, I just mentioned there, and you get those goals, will make up for a lack of what's going on in defense if you cannot upgrade there uh, moving forward within a month to go before the uh, – the. I'm not even going to call it the, uh, the 2020. It's, it, it is the <laughs> 2021 uh, regular season. So – um, what do you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, net front presence is absolutely huge. And when you think about hockey in general at any level, most of your goals come on rebounds and deflections. The pretty goals of guys walking in and all alone and sniping at top shelf, you see those on the highlight reels, but that's not a majority of goals in the NHL. You've got to get the puck to the net as much as you can. You've got to get pressure in front of the goaltender. You've got to take his vision away. And then you've got to pounce on rebound opportunities when they're there. And that's something that this Bruins team is going to have to do and something that the coaching staff needs to drive home. If, if you're a guy like Nick Ritchie, you need to get in front of the net to be, I mean, to be not completely useless. You need to make yourself valuable by getting in front of the net and, and having a presence in that crease area. And, you know, you think of the other kind of bottom six type guys like Corrali and Wagner. I mean, those are guys, they're not going to score pretty goals, but they can score when they go to the net. And, you know, even even your middle your middle guys like, you know, Craig Smith and Andre Kasha and Charlie Coyle, like the, the whole idea for this team has got to be to get pressure on the net, get as many pucks on the net as you can. And then if you're a defenseman there, you've got to get your shots through. Um you know, these, this isn't a high scoring defense. This isn't, you know, they don't have a Zach Wierenski back there. Who's going to score 15, 20 goals in a season. They don't have guys on that back end who score goals at that level. They've just got to, yeah, (laughs) there's there's no Kale McCarr on the Bruins defense right now. Um, That kid is unbelievable. Um, Pleasure to see him as a Massachusetts native, you know, with UMass being so close. He's become one of my favorite players when he was at UMass, and now that's carried over into the NHL. Absolutely love that kid. But Boston doesn't have that. So they've got to you know, tell guys like Carlo, who has not brought a whole lot offensively, just get the puck and just get it on net. Throw the puck at the net, and good things will happen when you get it through. Same thing with Mac. McAvoy. McAvoy was tremendous defensively last year. I saw such an... a a coming of age of him defensively where he started playing physical. He started playing a shutdown defense role last season. I was so impressed with him in his own zone, but the offense, he hasn't reached that level offensively of where he's a star defenseman yet. And the offensive side of things, 
he's just going to throw it on net. And a big thing with McAvoy is he misses the net a lot. I think that's something that the coaches have got to work with him on and say, it doesn't have to be, you know, 110 miles an hour. Just get it on goal, get it in front, because we're going to have guys there who can either tip it in or get the rebound after the goalie makes a save. Yeah, one thing that I would love to see, love to see the Bruins work on, and I know it's so old school, the grays are showing up in the hair, in the facial hair, but is more of the give and go with with McAvoy. I found that a lot of the times in his, in, and he's still young and he's still developing to become that all-around uh, defensive defenseman and, and offensive defenseman, but I would really like to see him take that puck because he has the skating ability to, mm-hmm. to go from a good transition out of the defensive zone, through the neutral zone, cross the line. But I would really I would love to see him uh, pass it off to a forward, a give-and-go situation, because I've seen a couple times when he gets the puck back, he creates really good opportunities instead of just the skating part from the defensive zone through the neutral zone, cross the line, and give it to somebody else. I don't ever see that return to him so uh, mm-hmm. it's more or less let's get um, McAvoy cross the line pass shoot then he's he's already turning back to uh to in the, on the defense I want to see his shot be used I want to see him uh, get a little closer to the net he has the capability to really get close um and, and so did so did Tory Crew with the speed but you mm-hmm. had, and with those guys those those mobile guys like the Grizzlicks, the Krugs, and the and the McAvoys, is they can get back faster than than a Carlo, a more of a shutdown type of defenseman. So it's really going to be interesting on how he's going to be used with his added pressure or added um, workload that Bruce Cassidy and and, and uh, defensive coach Kevin Dean's going to be working with him, if not working with him already on Zoom calls and so on before they get into. Uh, you know, back at the Warrior for a week or two and then jump right into the season. So, I mean, everybody is going to take a big step forward with the loss of Tory Krug on the defense. And it's not just by the points. I know that he wasn't a very good defensive defenseman, but he made up for the uh, those losses and what he did offensively, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he moved the puck so well, and he was such an explosive skater where Tory Krug could drive the play from the back end. And I think you're gonna, you're probably gonna see McAvoy take a bigger role in that this year, where he's gonna be driving the play from the back end. And I completely agree with you on the give and go type situations, where you know he has the skating ability, absolutely, to jump up into the play like that and and to get to the net and get his shots to the net. And the Bruins have the distributors up front to to do that as well. You know, they've got Bergeron's an incredible passer, Krejci's an incredible passer. Uh, even their wingers like Marshan can distribute. Um, Pashnot can distribute. Um, you know, Charlie Coyle is a guy who's pretty good with the puck on his stick. Like they have guys who can make those kinds of plays and take that puck in, in you know, off from McAvoy and then end up getting it through traffic right back to him. And you could see some explosive plays in the offensive zone there from that kind of of uh, play from McAvoy. So. Uh, I definitely am looking for him to kind of take a big step offensively this season. I want to see more from Carlo offensively. He's been so good in his own zone, and he's he's your prototypical shutdown defender at this point, and he's incredibly good at it. I think he's one of the most underrated defensive guys in the league. But 
I want. I think he has the ability, and he's good enough, and he's still young enough to where he's still developing that he can kind of bring. He's never going to be a big point producer. You're never going to see Brandon Carlos scoring 45, 50 points in a season. But I think he can give you 25 to 30, and and I want to you know see him start to develop that offensive game a little bit more as well. Um, shifting to the forward, you know, the top 12. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts about some of these players that have, well, we've seen and, and, and obviously sparked up a little, uh, spec, uh, you know, speculation about numbers. Jack Sidnika changed his number from 63 to 23. Uh, Trent Frederick now has an 11, which was former, you know, PJ Axelson, big shoes to fill there. But, um, what are your thoughts on like a, a player like Trent Frederick beating out a, a Parlin home for a roster spot, or and this is like this is just a shot in the dark, but like a guy like Jack Sinica, who's probably been working really hard during this pandemic time, this downtime, and ready to come in and really prove that he belongs in the NHL because. As a, as a, um, a credential media writer myself and opportunities to be at development camp and so on, you can mm-hmm. tell this kid has just is really driven to make the next step. And and we've seen the small sample size in the games that he's been given, uh, whether playoffs or regular season, post or pre pandemic. Um, he he's got the tools to be to be an NHL player in, in my opinion. Uh, whether you say that he could use a little bit of seasoning in the AHL one more year, that's up to you. But I think he's ready. But I think he could really seriously challenge a player like Andre Kasha um, on that right side and possibly kind of uh, th- those guys will split a little bit of time. And uh, if um, if uh, Studnika actually wins a spot, would make uh, Kasha very expendable in a trade uh, either the beginning of the season or, or at the uh, – the uh, trade deadline, but uh, your your thoughts on some of these guys that are coming? You know, they're on the threshold of 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 getting to the NHL and possibly staying there. Guys like Trent Frederick, guys like Zach Senishin, and guys like Jack Stanika. Um, do you think that they have uh, an opportunity? Uh, Jakob Borl, if you want to talk about the defense a little bit, um, what what are your expectations about some of these guys? And, and, and do you think they can lock up uh, a roster spot? Uh, I think they're going to be given every opportunity to. I know that it's obviously a very different situation as far as training camp goes this year. It's going to be a much shorter camp, uh, no preseason games. That's normally when these guys really get a chance to shine and steal that spot. Um, but, you, you know, a guy like Studnika, I look at as ready. I think Studnika should should get a chance and, and should certainly, you know, be, be a guy looked at for a regular NHL job because – I, I saw him a lot last year in the AHL before the, the pandemic hit. And he w- he's one of those guys, when you watch guys down in the minors, you can kind of tell who stands out talent-wise and who's lo- you can look at him and go, that guy's an NHL player, and look at someone else and go, they're probably a career AHLer. Stanika stood out. Offensively, he, he was the most talented guy offensively on the Providence Bruins last year. And... Um, I, I just I really like him. I think he's the Bruins' best overall prospect as far as a player goes. You can make a case Vladar's got a good shot in goal the way he played last season. But as far as a player goes, I think Stanik is the best prospect they have, and I, I'd love to see him on the right side this year in a, in a top nine role somewhere and and really get a look. And I think Frederick could be a fourth liner. Um, 
I don't know if Frederick's ever going to have the offense to play higher than that at the NHL level. Um, his, but I, I just, what I've seen from him offensively that I just don't know if it's NHL level offense. I think you're going to be looking at more of a fourth line guy with him, but he's so physical and he's not afraid to mix it up. He can drop the gloves. He, he's a, you know, what you want on your fourth line. And I think he brings more to the table physically than a guy like Par Lindholm certainly does. And certainly when guys like uh, Corrali or Wagner, when their contracts end, I think, you know, those are going to be kind of veteran guys that you might let go and then let a guy like Frederick come up and you won't have to pay him as much. And he can fill in that role fine on the fourth line. But even this season, I think Frederick could see fourth line time and, and he could possibly, you know, with Nordstrom leaving for Calgary, I think he could maybe take one of those winger spots on the, on the bottom line. Um, Zaboral, I've personally never been a huge fan of Zaboral. Um, he he didn't he had a pretty good season defensively last year. Um, he also I, I I use this as a knock against him kind of, but he played with Josiah Didier, who I absolutely loved and was like a not an NHL guy, but at the Call AHL the Cup level, champion. Said, <laughs> Such a good lockdown defenseman at the AHL level. Like play any defenseman playing with him, I think is going to play a lot better. Um, Zaboral's still young though; it clock's kind of ticking. Those 2015 draft guys, him and Sinishin, yeah, um, clock's ticking there. Like if you're not going to, if you're not making it to the NHL by this season or next season, you're probably not making it. Sinishin's another guy I, I haven't, I just haven't seen enough from. And, and I want to see him produce more, even at the AHL level. He only had, um, I forget off the top of my head. I remember there was one game that was pretty close towards before things got shut down and he only had like six or seven goals on the season. And I'm like, this guy was a first round draft pick and he's only scoring seven goals in the AHL. Like that, that's not a good look when you're trying to make the NHL roster as an offensive scoring player. So uh, some of them I'm, I'm higher on than others. I think Studnika really stands out to me as their most talented young guy that they have. And I'd love to see him playing a regular shift in the NHL this season. Absolutely. Well, John, listen, we've gone past the half an hour mark right now. And I, um, I, you got to get people, YouTubers, the audio <laughs> listeners, you got to follow this guy. He really knows his stuff and he's really passionate about the sport um, go to Off the Wall Hockey you, uh, at YouTube.com. Subscribe to that pod. I mean, the uh, I keep calling it a podcast. Uh, the YouTube channel. Please do this. I mean, he's very, very good at what he does. And we are so happy as a uh, the Black and Gold uh, production sports media company to have him aboard and taking the reins of a, uh, a an official B&G YouTube channel for us. So, John, welcome aboard. Thank you for coming aboard the podcast today. Uh, I know it was uh, kind of uh, <laughs> 11th hour planning, but I'm so happy you made it. And, and you come uh, in swinging with the background, man. You just you scored some major <laughs> points with that. Uh, th- thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to, uh, to be on. I'm really glad to be a part of the, the Black and Gold uh, Productions uh, team here and just uh, can't wait to get this show off the ground. And uh, yeah, you always got to have the branding ready to go. So uh, had the logo ready for the background. And uh, this, this show is going to be something that I think a lot of people are going to like, and it's going to be really, really fun. So uh, cannot wait to get that first episode done. And I'm uh, really, really happy to be a part of the team here and just to, to get started. Yeah, we're, we're super stoked to have you, brother. And um, yeah, again, 
follow, subscribe, do whatever you gotta do. Uh, this he's a, just a, a, a gonna be a solid addition to this team, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this expansion into a different area of digital uh, media. So um, please uh, go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Donate $1 like my friend John did yesterday. I really appreciate that. And uh, he's going to be eligible to win some really good prizes. Bruins hand signed jerseys from former players and current players. We have a ton of stuff from uh, it's all Bruins related, but it's fanatics, t-shirts, plain jerseys, a ton of really good stuff. Boston Pride stuff. Um, the store next door has I've donated some stuff uh, to give away. So we just have a lot of stuff to give away in, in, in 2021. So um, thank you very much. My, I'm Mark Allred. I'm the host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, founder and CEO. He is John Duncan. He's a new colleague here that's going to be taking the BNG train right through the station so please jump on board, subscribe, follow him, and do what you got to do to support the BNG team. But that's it for us. We will talk to you next week. We will have more information. We're going to get everything together about what's happening on the return to play. There's a lot of things going on today, a lot of um, uh, you know, positive, negatives, this and that. But we're going to get everything together for a really good program next week, have all the facts laid out, and hopefully it's scheduled to talk about. But regardless, Mark Allred here, John Duncan. We have Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We will talk to you soon. Bye. What's up, guys? It's Mark Allred, host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, coming back at you again. I'm so sorry for forgetting to mention um, happy holidays to all our listeners. Our financial supporters on Patreon. You guys are amazing. Thank you, just our friends, family followers on twitter that continue to move our stuff forward and appreciate us as 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 hard-working individuals we truly appreciate that we're going to try to bring you a better um bng product um we try to do every day but you know in 2021 is going to be our year things are starting to come around hopefully you know humanity wins this pandemic and and we can get back to uh some type of normalcy and and so on and covering games and going to games and doing the just the, the family thing again as as human so uh please uh do it safely and um you know happy holidays and happy new year we we really hope that you all are, are safe and and doing well and um so thank you again for the support really appreciate it and uh we we really couldn't do it without you so take care and uh we'll talk to you next week when we have a lot more information that we've gathered over the week to uh, provide a, a really good informative show about the uh, Boston Bruins and the National Hockey League return to play effective on January 13th. Get pumped about that, guys. Take care, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.